Welcome, welcome, welcome to We Watch, We Collect, a baseball podcast, episode number one. I'm your host, Chris Castagnon, and unfortunately today, my co-host, Chris Rivera, will not be joining me. He does have some uh, personal matters to attend to, but hopefully he will be joining me pretty soon. And today, first episode, it's exciting for me. I've been wanting to start this for, you know, quite a a while now. Uh, I'm glad it's starting to get up and rolling. And for this first episode, I'm, you know, since my other co-host is not here, I will just be giving introduction about myself, talk about myself, why I wanted to start this podcast, why I love baseball, why it's my number one sport that I go to, why it's the pretty much the only sport that I actually keep up with as terms of not just players, but stats, standings, free agents, trades, opening days, all that stuff. It's the only sport I do that for. I don't do it for basketball. I don't do it for football. I don't do it for hockey. I, I don't even watch hockey. Um, but it's the only sport. It's it's my passion. My number one passion is baseball. And it, it'll never go away. And never, never, never. And I guess I can just start with when baseball started beca- became or came into my life. Uh, as far as back as I can remember, I was probably about six years old. Maybe younger, maybe a little older. Don't really remember all that well. But what I do remember is how I became a baseball fan is through my late Uncle Manny. And main thing is he was a Yankee fan. And, you know, when I was about six years old was during the time when the Yankees were dominant in baseball in the late 90s you know a little bit of the early 2000s and he was he is a diehard Yankee fan and you know bless him he's no longer uh with me or with my family but I became a baseball fan through him and when he first started telling me about you know a rivalry that the Yankees had it was a rivalry that's been around since Babe Ruth And he told me that their rivals were the Boston Red Sox. And ever since then, being the little kid wanting to go up against my uncle, ever since then, I chose and I became a Boston Red Sox fan. And that is my team. And I I did. I loved it that the rivalry was there. I wanted to be against him anytime they played. And I, I never switched, never switched since then it's never been different i'll always be a red sox fan and no i have never been to fenway never been to boston uh i'm not from boston even though a lot of people ask me oh are you a are you from boston since i'm a red sox fan no but i wish um and as far as yeah me not going to boston i i just haven't gone it's been a hope of mine for a while and um, I hope to go this year in 2022, but we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll see how that goes. And as far as myself, I am uh, I'm 28 years old, gonna be 29 in August. Um, I currently live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
I moved to Albuquerque from Texas in, uh, in about 2000, 2012. And yeah, so I've been here 10 years. Um, uh, I do. I, lo- I love it here. I love living here. And I do love the fact that uh, when I moved here, I knew that the Albuquerque Isotopes, the affiliate of the Colorado Rockies, were here. And I was excited for that because now I can actually go to, you know, professional baseball games. And at the time when I moved from El Paso, they didn't have that. And El Paso had now has the uh, El Paso Chihuahuas. They're the affiliate of the San Diego Padres. And but when I moved, they did it. So when I moved over here, it was great that I was going to be able to see baseball. I can go see Albuquerque Isotopes. Um, and as for starting a uh, podcast, I love listening to baseball podcasts. I I wouldn't say I relied on them for my news, but I mean, I love hearing people talk baseball like I I love hearing people talk baseball. Even though listening to podcasts, I can't talk with them personally, but at least knowing that they have same thoughts, same feelings, same emotions, uh, same knowledge and everything like that. It's nice hearing people talk baseball. And that's one reason why I wanted to start a podcast. I I love talking baseball. I can talk baseball for hours on end. You know, if if the person that wants to hear or someone that that knows baseball like I do or has a little bit of knowledge or even someone that just wants to know about baseball like I'm I'm always more than willing to like tell people explain everything down to you know why why is it called first base or why is it called a home run or to the point where I'm explaining to someone you know why contracts are built the way they are why do players get a certain amount of money why does this one player have 426 million dollars and I love explaining all that because I think it's I think it's great. I I love it. I love everything about it. Um, and far back, I've I've never been really like a baseball player that much growing up, but I did play baseball. Like even here, living every almost every single summer, I go to the park. Um, my buddies will go with me. We'll. Uh, we'll toss around the baseball. I set up my tee. We'll hit a couple of baseballs. Some guys would be in the outfield, you know, take turns at bat. I, I love playing baseball. I played a little bit of, um, like a four fun league, uh, softball, uh, tournaments. Um, I played softball for fun at one point for the church that I went to with my sister. And I love playing it. Like any chance that I get, I can get playing it. I'll play it. Um, And then as for, I guess now I can kind of get into why I chose to stay with the Red Sox. And, you know, I told you why they're my team, but I guess I can explain why they stayed my team and why I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. And so, I mean, I, I, love the players like when I first actually watched the game when I was able to comprehend as a kid you know these are players I know what they're doing it the player that really stuck out to me the most was of course a lot of 
Red Sox fans know him, is Nomar Garcia Parra, shortstop, uh, former Red Sox player. He was amazing. He, he was great. I, I loved him. Um, it sucks that he didn't stay with us that long during that time, but, you know, he, he was great. And then, but the one player that is my all-time favorite Red Sox player and I think it'll never change to this day. It's never changed, even though I've seen players come and go. But it's Dustin Pedroia. He was or still is my favorite Red Sox player. I I loved watching him play. I loved watching the attitude that he put on, on the field. The attitude you can see on the field. Like you can see it when he's making a, a, a badass double play and see the look on his face like of course like i'm not at fenway i haven't been to fenway but like even just watching on tv every now and then i'm watching highlights and i'm looking at his face like like he knows he just made one of the great plays one one, one just bad as double play and he knows it he doesn't have to tell anybody he doesn't you know get it like like look at the crowd or nothing you know he he was a little flashy but he didn't have to you know, you know that he wasn't showboating. He did it because he was that type of player. He did it because he had to. And I love the type of player he was. He was a his work ethic as a player was amazing. I've heard interviews with him um, from him himself saying that for, you know, let's say six, six thirty games, night games. And he was at at Fenway at early in the morning at he was there the first one there laced up uniform on everything ready to go and i'm like damn like there's no doubt in my mind that he loved baseball because no one in their right mind is doing that you know for you know a majority of other jobs out there and i think he really took it that this is his job but he's having hell of a lot of fun doing it i i love watching highlights of him i loved watching him play he is my all-time favorite red sox player uh i i hope to meet him one day i hope i would not even to talk about baseball just to talk about you know his mentality his his work ethic like what what was going on in his head that made him be like i'm gonna get up so damn early and go to fenway and you know and start hitting some baseballs or start a little workout because the game's not starting till 6 6 15 you know i've got give or take half a day 12 hours before the game starts but i'm here laced up ready to go like who i don't uh, i don't know any other player that had that mentality back then and being that being when he came up in 2007 won rookie of the year 2008 he won mvp uh he was badass player and he he and he wasn't the biggest player he he wasn't a six foot plus guy and he, and he still he played like if he was six four two 250 pounds but he he wasn't that and i love that about him and me myself you know not being a big guy i'm not a a six foot plus guy either i'm not a a big built type of guy either but the fact that he was doing it and you know not afraid of pitchers throwing 96 at him or not scared of players 
coming into him, uh, trying to break, break up the double play, and he still get the throw off. He he wasn't afraid of that, and I love that about him. I he he will forever be my favorite Red Sox player, and I don't think it'll ever change. I I've seen players come and go. Um, you know that I feel like, damn, maybe this player's got that mentality too, and all that stuff. But then I listen to interviews about him, and they're like, no, like. I get that mentality from Dustin Pedroia. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, like, this dude has impact on probably, well, not only Red Sox players, but other players as well. Because people bring him up that he was just a tough dude. He was a bulldog on the field. Like, I, I loved watching him play. I He's my favorite all-time Red Sox player. Um, I do have other favorite Red Sox players. I loved watching... Again, in that um, mid two thousands, I loved watching um, Josh Beckett. He is my favorite pitcher from the Red Sox. I love I love Josh Beckett. Um, I do I do I did like John Lester. I thought he was great. Uh, but Josh Beckett, I know I watched him a lot. I loved watching him during two thousand seven. Um, I still have a jersey from two thousand and seven with number nineteen on the back. And I, re- there's a story behind it. So, 2007, Red Sox win the World Series. They sweep the Colorado Rockies in four games. And the year after, 2008, I was in Denver uh, at the, I, I believe during the summer. Uh, that's where my late uncle lived. He lived in Denver, and I would go visit him quite often. And that year, 2008. Uh, He took me to a Colorado Rockies game and me being the proud Red Sox fan that I am and knowing that, hey, my team just swept you in the World Series a year ago or a couple of months ago at that time. I'm going to wear my Red Sox jersey. And I did. And and funny enough, they weren't even playing the Red Sox. Honestly, I forgot who they were playing, but they weren't playing the Red Sox. But I, I had to wear my jersey. I had to remind those fans that. Hey, my team, we swept you guys. Like, I'm sorry, but I have to wear my jersey. I'm not going to wear any other team jersey. I will not. I, even to this day, I've never put on any other team jersey. And I don't think I ever will. I No, maybe, maybe, maybe another team hat, but not another team jersey. I, I cannot. I cannot do it. Even, like, some people will put on another team jersey of a favorite player they like that was on their team like for example um i loved mookie betts when he was at the red sox but i'm not gonna put on a dodger jersey because i like him as a player because for one dodgers are not my team and two uh uh, the history with the dodgers being the fact that we had had beat them in 2018 world series i'm not gonna put that jersey on (laughs) there's no way i'm gonna put that jersey on and even if he still is one of my favorite players to this day, I, I, I cannot put that jersey on. Um, but back to um, that story, even I, I still remember to this day, I was about, what, eight? I was 15, I believe. Yeah, I was 15. Um, I know I, I still remember walking around the concourse at Coors Field. Just everybody giving me dirty looks. Like, why are you wearing that here? Like, we we already know what you guys did. Why are you wearing that here? But um, but again, I was little, fifteen. I wasn't that 
big when I was 15. I was a little, little. So, uh, you know, not a lot of people were telling me nothing, but just the looks alone, like, I, I know what they were telling me. Like, they didn't, they didn't have to say anything. I knew it. Other players, I mean, like, of course, what Red Sox fan didn't love David Ortiz? Like, who didn't love David Ortiz? He made... He made Boston, in my opinion. He is the most important person in Boston. And, like, I know a lot of people, like, outside of New England will probably give it to Tom Brady. He's the most important. I wouldn't say he was the, he's the most important. I would say David Ortiz is the most important. He brought 04. He broke the curse. He was here. He won in 07. And then the Boston Marathon bombing in 13, you know, with his speech, that was on TV, you know, dropping the F-bomb on TV. No one cared. Everyone understood what was going on. He shared his emotions, and they won that year in 2013. Um, he retired, recently put in the Hall of Fame, and still keeps in contact with the team. Still goes to the spring training, still uh, contacts the players and talks to the players. And he does, I believe, he advises the team. He goes to the team goes to the Red Sox and does help out and so I I I love David Ortiz he's he's amazing to me he's great and of course there are other players I do uh like from the Red Sox I did uh like Mookie Betts um it was unfortunate for me the way he was out but business is business that's come and go um I did like currently I do like Current Red Sox player probably be Xander Bogarts. Uh, I do. He's been with the team for a while. Uh, World Series champion. He's, my opinion, top five shortstop in the game right now. I don't care what anybody says, but he's my number one Red Sox player right now. That at least that I like. I guess now I guess I can talk about why I love the sport of baseball, and I would say there's. You know, multiple reasons why I love the sport, but I, I firmly believe that baseball is the purest sport in the U.S. Of course, I'm not saying in the world because, you know, uh, in other countries, you know, soccer is their number one. And I'm not going to argue because soccer is number one, you know, on the other side of the world. It's huge. But in the U.S., I do believe baseball is the number one purest sport. And for, you know, a multiple of reasons is, you know, it's it's been around the longest. It's been around for a long period of time. It's seen multiple type of players, you know, that impact the game and that's changed the game permanently for the better. And, you know football and basketball you know they have their players but when when someone asks me he's like well who who in baseball can you say you know impacted the game and you know it's the number one answer and it, it, it there's really no argument to it and it's the guy who broke the color barrier you know being the first african-american baseball player in the major in the in the major leagues and that's jackie robinson like you you can't compete with that like he that's that's impact like there there's no argument to say that there's another player in the in sports that's made a a bigger impact than him 
and in the four major sports in in baseball, football, basketball, you know, hockey, maybe if you throw in golf, but but he he of course I was nowhere near alive during that time. I wasn't even thought of. I my parents weren't even alive. But, you know, you hear the stories, you know the history when you come into baseball, you have to know that history. And he is the in my opinion the most impactful player in sports broke a huge color barrier went against all odds you know took heat and and took it well didn't care still won you know world series with with his teams won rookie of the year you know he's got accolades like he so he wasn't just let me break the color barrier and then but not perform like no he he broke the color barrier and performed he was a badass player of course and i'm only saying that because you know the stories that i hear and you know stats you can look up and the accolades and awards that he's got of course i was not alive during that time but you know hearing interviews from older people that were around during that time and you can hear it in their voice like it it was just something that was a little taboo unexpected uh but i think there's no one like him in the other sports like i'm sorry but well i'm not sorry he he's the number one but i mean there's other things that baseball that just you like even just sounds in baseball that you can't find in other sports maybe in in basketball you know the swish of the basket going into the rope from the net you know that sound is pretty nice um in football, maybe the crack of the pads when, you know, they make that hard-hitting tackle. You know, you can, can hear that. You know, that's a nice sound. But in baseball, nothing beats the crack of the bat. The crack of the bat, watching the game, whether it's live or at home or even hearing it. If most people like to listen to games on the radio, like, you can hear the crack of the bat. And, you know, when you've been a fan for a very, very, very long time... When you hear a certain crack of the bat, you know that that baseball is gone. You know it's 450 dead center. And I love that about the game. Like, I've watched so many baseball games that even just watching on TV and just hearing, like, of course I'm seeing the guy at bat and I'm seeing the pitch. But the moment that pitch is thrown and he swings and I hear that crack and the camera is not... You know, they don't switch cameras yet to where it shows you the wide angle to where to where the ball is going, whether the outfielder is going to catch it or if it's going to land in the stadium. I know just from that crack, like I always I, I hear myself saying that's gone, like just from that sound, like it's gone, like it, it hit it square on the bat and it it's 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 in the seats without a doubt. Um, and I love that about the game. I, I love the sound, the crack of the bat. And then even just playing the game, you know, with my family members or my friends, the sound of a baseball hitting your glove when playing catch, when it's hitting that leather, like, yeah, that sound is, is amazing to me. I love the sounds of baseball, you know, the, the dirt, you can hear the dirt. Like when I'm at the Albuquerque Isotopes game, when I'm hearing guys sliding into second, sliding into home, and you hear the dirt just 
whooshing on by because they're sliding in hard they're sliding in head first they're sliding in feet first like i love that sound of the dirt just kicking up off the ground and 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 then another sound that i like is you know pitchers like they're throwing that ball and 95 plus nowadays and you hear that whoosh like when you're there at the stadium you can hear that that split second whoosh when it goes from the pitcher's mound into the catcher's mitt you can hear that whoosh because the ball is going so damn fast it's cutting the air and it's making that noise i i love that sound i i can't get enough of it and and then leading to that sound is when the catcher is catching that 95 mile an hour fastball that 99 mile an hour fastball he's catching that like so hard and it's making that loud sound in the catcher's mitt and you can hear it throughout the stadium because he threw it so hard and it was so good that it just makes that sound i i love the sounds of baseball all the sounds of baseball like it it there's i feel in, in other sports i feel like there's really not that many notable sounds like i said basketball you might have the 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 swoosh of the net from the basket you know making a swish or the crack of the pads from football from guys making a good hit um but i mean as far from that i i can't really think of you know particular sounds in football or basketball or hockey i mean i know hockey has its own sounds that people like you know the puck going through the ice you know the uh, the hockey sticks hitting the ice and that little slight cracking of the sound on the ice and the puck you know maybe fans might like that sound but i feel like baseball has just got some particular sounds that you know that that you know you're at a game you know you know where you're at you know what you're watching and you know what these guys are doing like it's in my opinion it's 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 the best for for me that that's one of the reasons why i do love hearing like watching baseball is the sounds like like damn like crack of the bat you know that's a home run and that pitch hitting that catcher's bit like if it's not swung on or anything and that catcher catches it right in his mitt like damn like that that's hard that's a hard ass pitch like you don't even have to see the miles power that he's throwing it at but you know it's a hard ass pitch like holy shit i know that's 95 plus uh but i mean like and then other little things about baseball that you know that separated from other sports are the the ballparks the stadiums and like in, in of course again my opinion baseball has the best stadiums you know not the best uh quote-unquote looking like i know football's got nicer modern looking stadiums but they're not as okay no i wouldn't even say they're not as they're not iconic like baseball stadiums like wrigley field with the ivy wall and out in in the outfield or fenway park with the green monster and the the weird dimensions that fenway park has pesky's pole like no other sport can do that because major league ballparks are 
at, well, at one point they were cookie cutter, but now they're not cookie cutter anymore. Every, almost every, no, every single ballpark is different. The dimensions to right field, to center, to left field are all different. You know, Fenway, I believe is 315 down the line, but you've got that 30 foot plus green monster in your way that you got to hit it over. And if you don't hit it over, you know, it going off the wall and or in, at, at uh, for the Giants, they in right field, they got McCovey Cove. And if you hit it far enough, your balls in the water like that's amazing to me or, or Wrigley Field with the green ivy in the outfield wall like that, that look, that aesthetic look, people can recognize it when they know sports like even I bet I, I'm willing to bet that someone who really doesn't no sports can recognize the green monster at Fenway Park because they might not know that it's called Fenway Park, but I'm willing to bet, you know, out of a hundred people that 85 or plus will know that, Hey, that's, that's the green monster. I don't know what the field is called, but it's the green monster. It, it's very recognizable. And Wrigley Field is very recognizable. Like McCovey Cove for the Giants is very recognizable. And like Dodger Stadium, it's very recognizable. A lot of stadiums and well ballparks are very, very recognizable, even from the outside. It's a lot of baseball ballparks really don't like to, you know, get too modern on the outside like most other teams uh stadiums do and for example football football does that to where a stadium is of course they're bigger you know they house more people but now people what do they recognize from the cowboy stadium oh that big uh tv in the middle that's what people recognize or now the new uh la stadium oh it's got that big wraparound tv or you know it, for the new Raiders stadium oh it's got a it's got a nice open area that has a bar and and stuff and it's very modern now like i feel like baseball baseball doesn't have to go that route and it and it's and it's i feel it's good it keeps the game it keeps the essence of the sport pure and i love that about about the game and for stadiums of course i i hope to go to fenway this year i i'd love to go to fenway to see what it looks like in person and i know that it's going to look very different everything looks very different from tv and in person and and i know that for a fact because last year uh my sister and i went to new york uh my first our well both of our first times going to new york and we went to a, a Red Sox Yankee game and seen Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, anyway. And yeah, I've seen it on TV numerous of times, but seen in person, it's it's it looks totally different. It feels different. It you know you're in a big league park. I've been to Coors Field multiple times for the Rockies. You know it's a big league ballpark from a let's say a Triple A ballpark. But, you know, dimensions are, you know, somewhat the same, not exactly, but, you know, 300 plus down the lines and, you know, 400 maybe to center, maybe a little less. But it's the pure size of it that just makes it look bigger. Just how that 
football stadiums have that same effect. You go to a high school high school field for a football field, it's the same dimensions for NFL, but it's the stadium that makes it look huge. And for baseball, it it it's a normal regulation, you know, professional baseball field, but it's the stadium, the character of the stadium, the green monster, the Ivy Field, the like all that stuff, it's what makes it a big league park. You know it's a big league park. Like like oh, there there's no way little leaguers here can play here or or things like that but you know it's a big league park and i i love that and that that goes and then that's another thing the fact that baseball um stadiums or baseball fields are not cookie cutter anymore all of pretty much every single team's dimensions of home fields are different it's not like that for other sports basketball it's a regulation court regulation height uh, net and backboard and all that stuff. Football regulation field, hundred yards. Um, midfield is here. The end zone is this wide. The goalposts are this wide. Their goalposts are this high. The, um, you know, that's that's how it is. All of them are are the same. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I love that baseball. Every team's home field is different, and you know, and it and it counts for players. If a home field is is you know shorter on the right field line, like for instance Fenway, it's a very short uh, right field down the line, and you know people can hit homers on that side very easily. But you have to players have to take in that account and that skill to hit that home run to right field to get it over that wall. They know it's short, but damn, it's like ah, oh, well now I got to work to hit a home run over there, or. Like in at Fenway, the Green Monster, that's a tall ass wall. Oh, now I gotta elevate the ball a little bit to get it over that wall. Like I love that about baseball that it makes the players hit differently at different ballparks. Um a right handed hitter is not gonna hit the same way at Fenway as if he was hitting uh, you know, at, at Yankee Stadium. It the ports the wall is shorter at Yankee Stadium. It's not a thirty foot plus wall like Fenway so you you have to hit differently and I love that about baseball and then and then just to shift off into that is the players of baseball and what I'm about to say is baseball doesn't have much drama and when I mean by drama I don't mean on the field I mean off the field. There is very, very little drama when it comes to players off the field. And everyone knows for a fact that it's not like that for, you know, a lot of other sports. And in, in, in speaking to in football and basketball. But not going to get into that. We're, we're not talking about that. We're talking about baseball. But baseball, there's not a lot of drama outside of the ballpark. And... But there's so much drama inside the ballpark. You know, a lot of the players are really, really friendly with each other. But when it comes down to, like, that pitcher and that batter knowing each other, but the moment he steps foot in the box and the moment his 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 uh, the pitcher's on the mound, it's go time. Like, you're my friend, but right now for these couple of pitches that I'm throwing at you, you're no longer my friend. You're 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 my opponent and pitchers they're gonna get him out or batters you're no longer my friend throwing at me like 
I'm going to hit your 95 mile an hour fastball and I'm going to try to hit it 450 dead center. And I love that about those players. They're all friends. They joke around in between innings. They, you know, they work at different camps with each other in the offseason. You know, they they hang out together. But when they're playing against each other, it's game time. But and a lot of players are known for that, just being friendly and but being competitive at the same time. And a player that's like that, of course, is recent World Series champion Freddie Freeman. He's talkative at first base, and he he talks with everybody. But damn, he does not care that he's gonna be friends with some of these pitchers and still hit home runs and and still hit like crazy and still beat these guys in the World Series. He he's not gonna care about that because he's he's competitive when he when when they have to be. But you know, in the end, some of those guys are still their buddies and they're still friends. And I love that about these players. And then, and then just going off of, you know, them being friends with numerous amount of players, there is a wide, a wide demographic when it comes to baseball and players. It is crazy. Players are from all different types of countries. And I mean, I don't know the numbers. I'm not going to try to pull up numbers right now so I can fact check myself, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised that and I think that baseball is the biggest melting pot in 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 diversity in sports. Like holy shit. There's multiple guys that are from here in the US, from Mexico, from the Dominican, from Puerto Rico, from Venezuela, from 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 Tokyo, from Japan. Japanese players coming in. Like I feel like other sports don't have that. And it it's crazy because everyone is from other countries, but everyone's still coming here in the Major League Baseball to play one sport, and it it's all the same competitive feeling for all these players. Like, I'm from here, and you're from here, but regardless, we're still here to play this game that we both love, and I love seeing that from the players. I, I love seeing all that. I love that feeling that, damn, this guy's from... Uh, Dominican, like, oh man, like, I wonder if he, when he was young growing up, did he watch David Ortiz? Did he watch Pedro Martinez? You know, and like, chances are they probably did, and chances are they probably want to meet him, and there's a good reason why. I mean, them guys were from Dominican. They're from the very few pool of players that came from Dominican Republic, and why wouldn't you want to meet them? Like, they came from where I came from, and they played the sport I'm playing, and they retired from the sport I'm playing. They're Hall of Famers from the sport that I'm playing. And a lot of those players are probably thinking, "Damn, like, I wish I, I'm, I wish I'm gonna, I wish, I hope to reach that one day." And I love that about players in baseball. And and of course, when it comes to loving these players, another thing that I do love from baseball, you know, certain teams are the fans, like. Base, I, I believe, well, football, I believe, has more diehard. No, football has more loyal fans, but baseball, I think, has more diehard fans because f- baseball has been around for so long that 
And it's funny because me and my sister have talked about this the time we're in New York when it's like people who were probably born in New York City and have been there for generations on generations on generations that as as their family gets older, they're Yankee fans and you will you will be a Yankee fan whether you like it or not. And you're going to be loyal to this team because you were born here. And I feel like even if like that uh, someone met someone who was not a Yankee fan, let's say if it's, you know, um, uh, a man's grandson and he tells him you're a Yankee fan or since the day you were little and he is a Yankee fan, he's a diehard Yankee fan, but he meets a girl who's a Met fan. I I feel like he'd be so afraid to bring him back home to meet his grandparents because she's a Met fan because it it's it I feel like it's so serious like that and and it and it goes for the same in the West Coast like Dodgers Dodger fans like in LA specifically like Dodger fans like if you cannot go into LA wearing any other type of team there because they will not not in a bad way, but I do feel that they will treat people differently. Like, you're not a Dodger fan. You're not from here. You ain't from Cali. Like, we're Dodger fans. We bleed blue. Like, and I understand that. And I love that about fans. I love that about certain cities. Granted, I know I'm not from any uh, city that had baseball um, uh, teams. I mean, I, I wish... But I'd love to have that feeling, you know, of being in Boston and being or knowing that my team is here and I can rep this team here with pride. And I know other people feel the same with me about this team in L.A. I know that I'm from L.A. or I live in L or whatever. I'm from L.A. I live in L.A. I'm a Dodger fan and I know everyone around me is is Dodger blue. And, you know, we could talk Dodgers or New York. I know that I'm from New York or I'm or anything like that. Or I'm a Yankee fan and I can go to New York and I'd be welcome. And I love that about it. I love that about baseball. And I feel like uh, for other sports, it's not really like that because their fans are very spread out. But in baseball, I feel like every city that has a baseball team will take pride in that team. In Chicago, I know they have they have two teams, the White Sox, Cubs. But I feel like in certain areas of Chicago, they're White Sox fans. But in other areas of Chicago, they're Cubs fans. And even though they're from the same city, it's like, well, this is our side. This is your side. Don't cross or we're going to have some problems. Like we'll settle in on the baseball field when we play each other. And I love that. That is so amazing to me. That's so amazing. I love that. Uh, and, and and then I baseball fans can be a little, you know, like my team does no wrong. And if you know, you know, some, some fan bases will be like that. Some of them will bring up certain areas that they try to win arguments for. But if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Won't bring up any names. Of course, I'm a Red Sox fan. If you know, you know. I'll, I'll leave that at that. But again, I love the fans of baseball. And I feel like there's none like it. And, and baseball has such impact on fans. And 
you see that with, you know, different trends and history that's happened in baseball and baseball starts a lot of things. Baseball, you know, the high five came from baseball, from Dusty Baker, the the um, the numbers on players on uniforms came from baseball players were given numbers back in the day in baseball to determine their lineup on the on the card you know if if i was number one he's number two he's number three well i'm hitting first he's hitting second he's hitting third baseball brought last names into the game they started all that baseball i feel like baseball made us such well in particular ken griffey jr brought the backwards hat he made the backwards hat cool and that's baseball like no one if you're wearing you know your baseball team and you wear your hat backwards you know that ken griffey jr made it cool he made the backwards hat cool baseball has made things like that you know pop culture-esque things iconic and not a lot of sports have done that the backwards hat you know all that type of stuff and then again going back to loving the fans is i know that baseball has a wider fan base for younger fans and that is that's unmatched these little kids are at ballparks and they go crazy for seeing their their favorite players they go crazy for catching a fly a fly ball or even just finding a ball in the stands that you know was hit foul and no one got it but they go crazy for that stuff like you're not getting that from other sports they they want their players autograph on that ball because they're gonna hold it for 20 30 years because they're gonna have that memory with them and or they're gonna they're gonna take their glove to the game because they're gonna hope to catch a fly ball very slim chance but it doesn't hurt to take your glove and try to catch it and you know like and baseball players love the young fans. They're always there signing autographs before games, after games, at, at spring training even. Like, I, I know that baseball fans are unmatched. I, I feel like baseball players loving the sport is unmatched. And I, I, I do believe it. it's the number one sport. It's my number one sport. I love the sport. I'll never switch it for anything else i'm always gonna love baseball no matter what and um another point that you know sometimes i bring up to people is you know if you're to ask someone well what's like what's a one-on-one sport well if you ask me the number one number one i could think of is boxing it's very one-on-one you got you have your of course you have your team of trainers um you have your coach uh you know all that type of stuff in your corner. But in that ring, it's one-on-one. Me versus you. No one can help. You know, trainers can yell all type of things that they want. But in the end, I've got these gloves on. You've got these gloves on. It's one, one-on-one. And in baseball, I feel like you get that as well. And here's the way I see it. A batter and a pitcher. Very one-on-one. He's got his strengths. He's got his skills. The batter's got his strengths and his skills. And it's one-on-one battle. You're pitching to me. I'm trying to hit off you. We have our teammates. You have your catcher catching you. You have your defense behind you. But in the end, you've you've got to make that pitch. And 
And like me, I've got my hitting coaches. I've got my teammates, you know, telling me, hey, this guy throws uh, this mile an hour fastball. But after that, he tries to throw you the slider away or he's trying to throw that change up inside. I, okay, I have that information, but in the end, it's one on one. I'm I'm going with my instincts because my teammates or my coaches are not up there. He's going with his instincts because his pitching coaches or his managers not up there. But he's got to make that pitch, or the batter's got to get that swing. Like if if you have that feeling, you've got to make that swing, and it's very one on one. Who's gonna beat who? You know, guys hit a home run. They beat the pitcher. If even if they get a hit, a double, triple, they beat the pitcher. They beat they put the ball in play for a hit. They beat the pitcher. They hit a home run. They clearly beat the pitcher. Like at that at bat, that batter was better than him. That's a one-on-one battle. Earn the pitcher's mindset mindset. Like I'm either either I'm gonna strike you out in three pitches or I'm gonna strike you out in 13 pitches. I beat you. I'm the pitcher. Even though I took many pitches, I beat you. I struck you out, whether it's struck out swinging or struck out looking. I struck you out. I beat you. And that's a very one-on-one mindset. Just like in boxing, I got you with that right hook. You 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 know I got that right hook. You know I got that right hand or strength or whatever. And But I got you with it. I beat you. And just like that's one-on-one pitchers and batters is a very one-on-one battle because no one can help you they have mound visits you know they get a little encouragement from their coach like come on get back in the zone blah 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 but if the pitcher can't get back in the zone and he's still throwing balls outside to a righty hitter and he's not swinging you're losing like you're losing the battle he's winning the battle he may not be swinging and he's taking the balls but he's got that skills where he knows that's not a strike and he's not going to swing. And uh, that's very one-on-one battle. And I feel like you, you, a lot of sports don't have that, you know? Um, I, and I just love seeing battles like that. And just coming off that, you know, pitchers and, and, and hitters going against each other. When it comes to baseball, uh, something about me, I do appreciate... I would say 70%, no, 60% more in pitchers. I do appreciate good pitchers and great pitches and great battles and nasty pitches. And I love analyzing the pitchers. Like if, if I know if I'm watching a game and I know a pitcher's got, he's a righty and he's throwing, He's got a four seam fastball. He's got a slider change up and he's got a curveball. Like I'm I'm thinking just like him, like, damn, this guy, this batter, he's he's a pull hitter. Um, maybe I don't throw him something inside. Maybe get him with some sliders away, make him swing one or two times, and then try to beat him with that fastball up and in and see if he'll try to pull it. Like I, I love thinking like pitchers. And I love the way pitchers work. I I love that every 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 pitch is called the same. This is a four seam fastball. This is a slider. This is a curveball. This is a changeup. This is a cutter. This is a two seam fastball. This is a splitter. All that stuff. I love that all the pitches are pretty much called the same. But I love that every pitcher doesn't throw it the same. 
every almost a lot of pitchers have different grips for their four seam fastball. They have a different grip for their for their curveball. They got a different grip for their slider. I love that. I love that every pitcher throws it differently. I love that every almost every pitcher not only throws it differently, but it looks differently. Like it, someone's fastball might just dot straight in the corner. But other fastballs got more movement. Like it's got more movement in. It's got more movement out. It's got more a little bit downward movement. Or this slider, it's got like his slider's got so much bite. Or his slider's got so much uh, horizontal movement. Or or anything like that. Or this curveball, he he throws it to where it's more twelve six. Or another pitcher throws it not as twelve six. You know, a little bit, a little more sideways per se. And it's not necessarily up and down 12-6. I love that about pitchers. And and at seeing a lot of pitchers, I, I, a pitcher that I grew up loving when I was little because I just had the imagination that the day I meet him, I'm just looking directly up at him. My head is directly straight up. I'm looking directly at him, asking for his autograph, and it's Randy Johnson. He is my all-time favorite pitcher, and uh, I've always had that in my head, that I would have met him when I was little, watching him on TV. I met him, and I'm just looking straight up at him, like, Mr. Johnson, can I have your autograph? Like, looking, because he's so damn tall. I've always had that in my head, that even to this day, he's still tall. And I'm not a big guy either, so I know even to this day, I'd still be looking at him. And I... and. If I hope to meet him one day, I know that's going to happen where my little kid self is going to be like, damn, like I'm, I'm feeling three feet tall today. I'm I'll be I'm 28 or about to be 29, but I'm feeling like I'm three feet tall, six years old, nine, nine, ten years old again. And I know that will come in. And I love Randy Johnson. I, I loved him. He is my all time favorite pitcher. And and. I think he's he's one of the reasons why I do love uh, pitchers more than you know certain batters. But in saying that, I'm not taking anything away from batters. There's great hitters out there. Like holy shit, uh, their skills are phenomenal. But uh, if if it was a battle between you know uh, old fashioned pitchers and modern pitchers against old fashioned hitters and modern hitters. I'd probably stand on the side of old-fashioned pitchers and modern pitchers if if they had a mix. Because I know everyone says, well, back then, them hitters can't hit DeGrom's fastball this day. And I agree. There's no way. Or uh, back then, you know, a lot of pitchers weren't throwing 95. So if they pitch now, their 88, 85 is nothing. And every hitter will take them deep. And I agree. It's true, but regardless, I'd still, I'd I'd still take the old pitchers and the old hitters or old old pitchers and and modern pitchers side if they ever had that. Like I, I would take the pitcher side. I've I've always been more of a pitcher's guy. And you know, going back to my favorite team, the Boston Red Sox, baseball has the number one rivalry in sports i i will debate anybody on this i will 
argue with anybody that there is no other greater rivalry in sports than the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. And it goes back, you know, tens of years, you know, a very, (laughs) very, very long time. And even if that's not the main reason because of the whole Babe Ruth thing, but it's just the history. I mean, my trip in New York, I, I, I was in Yankee Stadium. I had my red Red Sox jersey on and I never felt so uncomfortable in my life knowing that these fans do not like what I'm wearing because of the name on the front. And it's great. I love it. Like it and same thing. If if I'm in Boston, if I go to Fenway um one day and we're playing against the Yankees, even though I'm not from Boston, I don't live there. Uh this is my first time at Fenway, but you know what? I'm a Red Sox fan and you're in my team's house wearing that pinstripe jersey. You, for one, you you know you, you you, you will get looked at a little differently and it's the history like well we know we know what our history is we know what our rivalry is so you know you gotta it all comes into a like an account kind of like i know where i'm at you know where you're at like i know i was at yankee stadium i'm not gonna be trying to pick in fights with anybody because chances are i probably would have to extend my trip there for for you know a couple of days longer but but I know I I knew where I was at and I'd never looked I've never been looked at like so differently in my life I felt so out of place it 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 felt very very weird very very weird and even though it was for one game and you know it was during a time where that where there wasn't that many fans but still like it it felt so out of place. Everybody's in blue. Everybody's in white. Everybody's in pinstripes. And, you know, there was very few fans that were in red. But at least I knew when they're, if, if I see someone in a distance in right field, like way out there and squint my eyes and he's wearing red and I don't see the name or anything, I know what he's doing. I know he's a Red Sox fan. He's got red on. I know that. And I love that. I love that about baseball. It's got the greatest rivalry in all of sports. And I will argue that, you know, with anybody, with anybody. And yeah, it's it's unmatched. I mean, yeah, it's it's unmatched. Greatest rivalry in sports. I I can't I mean, I could think of other rivalries, but I can't think of anything more hostile than that. And the in the Bronx or in Boston and I feel there's no match, no match. There's other little things that make baseball that make baseball, you know, a great sport. It's you know little things. It's the seven inning stretch. It's the take me out to the ball game song, and in Boston, you know, it's uh, Neil Diamond, um, so good and like all that. It's it's just great and you know like even some home stadiums they have. Uh, the first pitches from, you know, different celebrities or, you know, doing people doing some charities or throwing out the first pitch or, you know, um, uh, players that come home from being retired, they throw out first pitch or, you know, anything like that, you know, and that's that's amazing. I, I, that's just great. You don't really get that from any other sports. 
it's it's just hard to pick another sport for me. I love baseball. That's the all the everything that I just talked about is the main reason why I wanted to start this podcast. Is it'll be a podcast dedicated to baseball and the collecting hobby that follows. And when it comes to collecting baseball cards, that's a whole new different story and uh I'll get into that for episode two, but for this one, I wanted to talk about why I love baseball, why my favorites about it, um, why I think it's the greatest sport, um, but that that's why I wanted to start this podcast, and I hope, uh, I hope you guys liked my explaining on why I love baseball and everything that I love about it, but um uh again thank you thank you for listening second episode will be about why i collect baseball cards you know why i collect not just baseball cards but anything baseball in general you know uh baseballs signed baseballs baseball cards uh certain memorabilia um but anything like that it's all collecting to baseball and in this podcast we'll be talking about of course, the baseball season, baseball, the stats, the players, the games, the drama, the drama in the field. We're not going to be talking about drama outside the field. Uh, to me, that's irrelevant. I don't care if a, if a player gets a DWI or whatever. I don't care. It's not part of the game. It's not what we're about. So we won't be talking about anything like that. But what we will be talking about is the game itself, the stats, the players, the games, the postseason, the World Series, home run derby, all-star game. And in the collecting world, we'll be talking about the products, um, the prices, how if a player is doing well in the season, you know, at the midway point, uh, what's the price of his rookie card at that point? And what was the price of it in March or in opening day? And what what's different about it did it go up in price or did it go down in price and me and my buddy will be talking about that because i feel it's it's a good point i mean that's why people buy certain cards of certain players at certain times and you know a player that they might be collecting might be not might not be doing that well in the league so their cards might be rookie cards might be a little cheaper but when they do start getting good and they get that big contract their cards go up in price and so they might have spent $10 on their rookie card. That player did well. They got the big contract, you know, for a certain amount of years. And now that $10 rookie card that he spent on is now a, for example, $150 rookie card. And, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about things like that. You know, the, the, the fluctuation of prices, inflation of prices, um, grading cards, um, the different styles that we collect, the products, uh, we'll be talking about new releases and, you know, we'll be talking about when products come out, we'll be talking about the designs, whether we like the designs, um, our favorite cards, our favorite sets, um, why we collect certain players or why we collect certain style of cards. Um, but everything about collecting in, in baseball in general, we'll, we'll be talking about all that in every single episode. So thank you for listening to this first episode. Um, again, I hope my co-host Chris Rivera can join me uh, pretty soon. 
yeah thank you thank you for listening to the first episode we'll see you guys in the next one